Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, Astro Spring Training. We were out there yesterday and uh, a 4-4 tie with the Boston Red Sox. The I would say the big stories coming out of this one, Seth. Hunter Brown, not a very inspiring first outing. It's the first outing of spring training, so we're not, uh, we're not sending him back to Sugarland or anything like that. But when we had Spillane on yesterday, we asked him, like, what are you looking for from Hunter Brown today? And Adam Spillane, our Astros reporter who's over at the facility this morning getting ready to interview Dana Brown one-on-one, uh, he said, throw strikes. Hunter Brown threw 32 pitches and 16 strikes. He walked two guys and he beamed a guy um, So in one inning. So not a great inning for Hunter Brown. You know, he was – I was down there in the clubhouse after he pitched, and he was talking about he, – he wasn't too concerned about it. He said he thought the pitches he threw, some of the sliders he threw were good sliders. <clears throat> they just didn't swing at him. Yeah. And as you pointed out, you know, a lot of these guys are working on things at this stage. You know, not, don't get too wrapped up in the box. Especially score. if you're working on your breaking stuff. You know, you're not going to throw a, lot of, uh, a whole lot of strikes. The fact that it was soft contact, I think, um, is, it's nice. It's not as nice as it used to be because now you can't uh, – can't use the shift to really take advantage of soft contact. No, nope. but that's you know I think part of that too is the shift. The shift isn't. It's it's made a huge impact on the game, and yet the actual numbers, as far as like how many actual hits it saves, um, isn't isn't as stark as you might expect for as, as aggressively as teams have used it. So uh, yeah, I think Hunter Brown. There's nothing you could see out of him so far that should make you concerned. I I think Luis Garcia. And him looking as confident and as good as he did while changing his windup, that's a notable spring training thing. I would be it's way, a change. I would be way more worried if you flip these performances around. Yeah. Like if Hunter Brown had Luis Garcia's performance yeah. yesterday and Luis Garcia had Hunter Brown's performance, I'd be like, oh crap. I'd be way worried about Luis Garcia because yeah, it feels like something. New yeah. For him. That's a yeah, that's a good I, I think that's a way to put it. I guess with spring training I allow myself to be encouraged by positive performances by young guys, or obviously Luis Garcia is a different deal because of the the, the change. Because you see that they can do it. You know, you see what they're at least capable of. Um, the bad stuff, it's always okay. It's one bad inning. You know, like how many how many times have you seen any number of great pitchers have one really bad inning and end up having a hell of a game? That was Fromber's you know? mo during the yeah. quality start streak last year. Yeah, he would have yeah. one bad inning. You're, yeah. no, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, Chippy Altuve was the other thing yesterday, and and I say Chippy, Chippy for Jose is that, Altuve. Is that a chipmunk joke? No, is that no, a, don't uh, don't put me in that. No, he was just the he. This is another cheap joke to he, you, Sean. He is agitated, like low hanging fruit, yeah. like a coconut. Um, here uh, he. Uh, he, he's not a big fan of the pitch clock, I don't think, yet. 
you're, you're, you're reading body language and brevity of answer. Brevity of answer and body language and facial expression and yeah. comparing it to how normally delightful Jose Altuve is to yeah. talk to. Yeah. It's a sliding scale, obviously. If it were anybody else, they'd go, okay, well, that was just a curmudgeonly baseball player. But he was a little short with the answers about the pitch clock. Yeah. I would he, say. Uh, I don't uh, Yeah, it, But it didn't – I think it's – it's like a lot of the guys are right now. They just know that it's something they have to deal with. So I think like a lot of, I mean, baseball players, if you're going to throw some huge rule change into any sport, it feels like this is going to be an odd thing to say. It feels like it would most affect baseball players. And yet baseball players are the most mentally ready to handle it. Because this is what they do, you know. They deal yeah. with they deal with slumps. They deal with things just not working out right. Long season. Yeah, they deal with like, okay, if I'm going to fix this, it might take a while, and just yeah. not, like try to stay focused on on the the process and all of that. So, yeah, I think it's going to affect a few guys, and it might be affecting El Tuve right now. But he also knows that he's you know he's got a few weeks here to figure it out. Yeah, I'm not super concerned. Yeah. I know I, I came across as really concerned after the first game where he struck out three times. Yeah. And at that point I probably was. I tend to be the overreactor on the show, but I it, would say. It looked like in that first game, it looked like that was the first time he had practiced. It, it was the his routine. I say practice. It was the first time he'd even done his routine. It against, looked like very hurried. Yeah. Or maybe it was the first time he'd done it with a clock. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I so I'm, I'm like big picture, yeah, I mean that's a good point. Like they, these guys are they play 162 game season. I'm not. Wor- I'm not worried about Altuve. I'm just. It's more funny than anything else. Just having watched him answer the questions. Like, <laughs> let's wait and see. Give me time. Whenever I start to. Whenever I start to feel comfortable about anybody figuring out the. Uh, oh, we gotta uh, give away some yep. rodeo tickets. Right. Yeah, let's do that right here. We promised we'd do it before eight o'clock. It's Cody Johnson. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Call now. Caller number five wins a four pack of tickets to see Cody Johnson at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. March 17th, St. Patrick's Day and Cody Johnson. That's pretty good. Uh, We'll do it again in the final hour of the show. Keep listening all day for your chance to win rodeo tickets. Again, 713-572-4610. Caller number five is off to see Cody Johnson. The thing that I always keep in mind when I I try to downplay how some small change might affect a great athlete, I remember that LeBron James had all kinds of issues when they were wearing those um, the shooter's jerseys. Yeah, the, the shoot around jerseys. Yeah, that they, uh, the shoot around jerseys that they had. They wore for a while. regular jerseys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it really sleeves. affected him. He hated it at first. Yeah, yeah. or Chris Sale chopping up. <laughs> Chris well, Sale chopping up the retro uniforms. Retro uniforms. Those yeah. are just dumb uniforms. He should have done that. Honestly, <laughs> they they should really. How do they not run these by the players before they? Because it's a business decision, like because they can sell retro jerseys. No, but a retro jersey usually is pretty cool. These are the dumbest looking things ever. Oh, those were the those were the old White Sox clam digger uniforms that they had. The the old White Sox. Just keep in mind, the White Sox of like nineteen seventy eight through eighty two had to wear those things every day. There were seasons, Seth. The White Sox wore shorts. For a season or two back <laughs> like in the late seventies, yes, like ladies softball Bill, players. Bill Veck was the owner. What was it? The, the White Sox clam shell? They, no, it's like Jersey? I think they called yeah. them like clam diggers or something like that. They, the pants were okay. The jerseys don't look bad. The jerseys had these big collars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. The big triangle collars, like from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, anyways, yeah, they and they wore shorts. The, the White Sox when the vet, when Bill Veck owned them, they were a gimmicky franchise. So, did they wear that big those big collars with the clam diggers too? Yeah, with the yeah they they yes yeah. So, was, what you're calling shorts? You mean like clam diggers, like the big baggy? I just like remember that. them okay. call, being called clam diggers, right. and I know they wore shorts. I don't know if they were the same thing, okay. but yeah. So, uh, so you you say Chris Sale in the right for chopping those up with a yeah. pair of scissors? Yeah, yeah, you can't be made to look a fool like that. I think the yeah. Steelers shouldn't wear those stupid pinstripes. Do yeah, some of it's do you you're right. Some of the NFL retro uniforms are hideous. Yeah, those those Chicago the ones with the collars, it was like like a big obnoxious nineteen seventies style leisure suit collar. Yeah. They put that yeah. on the my God. On the on the jersey, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hideous. And, and we say this as if like athletic uniforms in general aren't like the stupidest things ever. <laughs> like baseball. <laughs> what are you gonna wear when you go play that manly sport of football? Knickers? Uh, Knickers, knickers and tights, stirrups. Tights yeah. cut up to the knee. Yeah. And then socks that are two-toned. Yep. Pull them up. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, athletic, <laughs> the Athletic did a deep dive on something you and I talked about last week. That I won't say it sounds imminent. I know 70% was the number Kelly Iko put on it last week. But the return of James Harden. And Kelly and Sam Amick did a deep dive on this for The Athletic. Yeah. Uh, but James Harden, James Harden, who is playing for one of the best teams in the NBA right now in Philly. They've really hit a groove now in Philly with James Harden and Joel Embiid. And he's kind of suppressed his game. He's become much more of a playmaker this year. He needs, right. Yeah. And to an extreme degree to the point where he's like not an all-star. Like yeah. he's, he's not a focal point at all. He's become more of a leads genuine the league assist. guard. Yeah. Yeah. He leads the league in assists. So he's, he's take he's dialed his game back. Um, he, they're winning a lot of games. He's a free agent after this year. And when he didn't opt into his deal, a lot of people were putting two and two together at the time, like a year or so ago, that he, oh, well, he's going back to Houston. And this article uh, confirms, I guess, or reaffirms what we've heard from a lot of different places is that the Fertitas left the door open for James Harden to come back. As acrimonious as it looked out out from the outside on the way out, as, as jilted as Rocket fans felt, Patrick and Tillman Fertitta evidently did not feel the same way with James Harden leaving, where they left the door open to him returning to Houston. Harden loves Houston. And this is a deep dive in the athletic. Now, I've been, I think I've been more open to it than you. I'm not totally open to it, but I'm willing to listen because this is just a rudderless ship right now with all these young players. Yeah. And this new version of Harden is outlined in great detail in this story. And if the new version of Harden is what they're outlining in the story, if that's what you're getting in Houston – I think there's an argument to be made. <laughs> the issue is he's going to want a max deal. You're going to be paying 34-year-old James Harden four years and over $200 million. Yeah. Um, the Sixers can pay him five years and much more than that. For what it's worth, it is a Sixers versus Rockets thing because there's not really any other teams of note that have the cap room to sign Harden where mm-hmm. he would want to go. And the article says that Daryl Morey doesn't seem too worried about this because, uh, especially if James doesn't win a title this year, Philly's the place he can win a title more imminently and he can actually make more money in Philly. I guess that's where, I, I guess part of it with me is just I worry that a lot of this might just all be posturing. Yeah, as, as and they pre- mentioned that in the article. Yeah, pre-negotiating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's important to mention, like, yeah, he's led the league in assists before, but it was just in a different manner and a different style. When Back when it was because either he was, like, you know, 
driving and kicking out and guys were wide open because of who he was. He's not driving nearly as much as he used to. Like it's a different, it's a different, he's more of a genuine facilitator this time. Um, with less of like the, the, the last minute passes out to guys or anything like that. So, so that part is real and I get that. I just don't know. I know he likes Houston and I know he has a fondness and memories of the organization and all of that. I just don't really get and understand what the motivation for him would be um, in leaving Philadelphia. I, I uh, and it's that it's, would be it. I mean, yeah. he, he's got to like Houston a hell of, as a city, yeah, a hell of a lot. And, I, and but there. but I am more open to it just in in light of the fact that he has kind of. It's a hard thing to do to not make an all-star team when you're James Harden. Like, uh, yeah. like for that, for him to handle that and still and be cool with it and understand that this is all part of yes, Embiid being the guy. What did he say? I'm not the president anymore. That's right. And he wasn't saying it like in a spiteful way. He's saying Embiid is the president. Right. You know, it's all. This is all about Embiid. Um, I guess that's still perhaps maybe a little bit different than being like the genuine old head leader on a team. Yeah. And and that's what he would need to be with Houston. So I'm still skeptical of that. And I'm not even like I'm not even overly burned by Harden or anything or angry at him. It just doesn't it feels like one of these things that wouldn't the, the Rockets w- wouldn't be considering it if it weren't for the fact that it's James Harden that used to be here. Like out of almost some sense of nostalgia or something. I, as opposed to finding a more cost-effective veteran player or two or three to continue to buttress your younger talent. I'll say this, and I'm a huge, I'm a big Rocket fan. I'm a big NBA fan. I like the NBA. Um, the Rocket. This is a rough watch right now, man. The Rockets, yeah. obviously. I mean, they 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 don't play any defense. The coach doesn't seem to have control over this group of young players. Not to where they're a bunch of renegades, but they're just not playing hard for them. It looks like they're either not playing hard for them or they're just not good basketball players. And and I refuse to believe that they're not good basketball players, especially the highly drafted ones. Um, as far as this team becoming interesting again and being something that competes on the landscape for for segments on our show, for eyes on the TV, for ears on the radio, for, for social media relevance. To me, I mean, where they are right now, barring some home run coaching hire yeah. once they fire Silas, which I think is going to happen, if they don't get Victor Wembayana or sign James Harden, I don't know how they go into next year feeling like this is the, this is the year we kind of reclaim some of the fan base here because that's when it should be happening when you drafted Jalen Green with the second pick. The hope is that in year three, your your star player is be, that you drafted second overall is because, along with several other first round picks you've got on the team that that core is starting to at least compete for a playoff spot. They've been the worst team in basketball the last three. I wonder years. what uh, Doc Rivers uh, his contract runs through two thousand twenty five. I don't want Doc Rivers. <laughs> if it, hey, if if it's working for Harden, that's the one part that makes me wonder too. Okay. The, the finding some balance with a coach, a coach who can be a stern taskmaster to young guys, or you know, you don't have to be a jerk or anything, but somebody that can get guys going. Where like, look, look, I see the excuses made for various guys on defense on this team. Listen, just because other guys are messing up their switches doesn't mean that you're abdicated from giving effort on defense. Yeah. Like a part of part of playing defense is yeah, when somebody else screws up. Figure out a way to make up for it. Not don't just stand around like oh, all is lost. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's more that they need more. If you're genuinely trying to push forward and change the culture, I think they need more than just the infusion of one really good player. Yeah. 
this article said Eric Gordon was traded to the Clippers. Um, he's good friends with James Harden, and he left it open that he would come back to the team. I'm like, okay, tell me we're not doing this. Where we're just we're going to bring I, back all yeah. the guys that are 35 years old. It's from I, a team that made the Western I Conference know, yeah, Finals. I know, for the one like a, a bring poor back PJ Tucker too. Can we be like the Lakers, but even more depressing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, the Lakers without LeBron. I just I know there's just such a. I, basketball more than any other sport is they're such suckers for nostalgia yeah. for guys as they get older they just get so wowed and wooed by the name it drives me crazy because a lot of times it's like even the nerdiest amongst them like the biggest stat nerds will still get uh, like make an argument in their minds for Carmelo Anthony somehow yeah. you know over and over and over again yep yeah, that was a fun time. The Carmelo Anthony. Well, I, Carmelo didn't bother me that much. No, just I wanted it was Carmelo. A, it was a two million dollar contract. I, I, I was know? I was stumping for Carmelo for six months leading up it, to that. As long as I was cool with Carmelo, as long as they treated it like the way Belichick treats old players is yeah. like, yeah, you come on in if you still got something, it'll be awesome. If not, sayonara. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they did. Yeah, after like twelve games, they said sayonara. All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast. Big congrats to uh, Nancy and Katie. She's on her way to see Cody Johnson at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, so have fun at the show. We mentioned Chris Ballard a little bit earlier. Seth did. Um, the mock draft that we went through earlier this segment uh, had the Colts moving up to number one to take a quarterback. They, were, they moved up to number one. They traded a lot in this particular mock draft to move up and take Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. Chris Ballard met with the media at the Combine yesterday and said that uh, we don't have to move up to number one. And I know this is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you, there's got to be a guy worthy of it, okay? I know everybody in, the, in America is going to say, like, this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And – but – that's going to be the narrative. And that's okay. You've got to write something. You've got to keep the news flowing. So, but I don't necessarily know if that's the, I don't know if that's the, the right course of business. If when we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years and we think he's the right guy. Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I don't say? like that. See, again, uh, like he always does. He always mentions uh, something about like people's opinions outside of the building. I feel like, for one, th- not everybody thinks that. Like that, that's, a, that's a telltale sign of somebody that's getting a little too swayed and up in their feelings about the media is when they start saying, everybody is saying this. Like, no, it's hardly ever that. And then, like, oh, I know you all got to write yeah. something. If, if everybody was saying it, it really wouldn't be all that interesting. Yeah. It would be, you know, the it might be consensus opinion, but I don't even think it's consensus opinion. I think in the mock drafts and, and everything else, that might be the most popular move right now. Yeah. But I think there are certainly a lot of people that don't feel like you absolutely have to. This, you know what, this is a year where, if anything... I'm guessing the majority of people feel like they understand why you would be nervous to trade up for Bryce Young. Yeah. Like, nobody, there's, I say nobody, there are very, I think there are very few people that are saying like, oh yeah, don't worry about the size at all, Bryce Young's going to be off and awesome, because in addition to the size, let's remember, even guys who are the perfect size and everything and have all the right attributes end up failing in the NFL too. It's just a complete and total crapshoot. I think people get that more now than ever. 
I think they get and understand that you can't the percentages. You can't just hit your star to yeah. one guy and assume that he's going to be awesome. No, no. The, the the history in the recent history, a pretty good sample of it, say that that's absolutely not the case. Everybody knows that. Ballard put the label. Ballard actually gave a label for what what does the guy need to what kind of guy does this need to be for you to move up to number one that we were just convicted that this is no freaking doubt the guy okay no freaking doubt no freaking doubt. so this uh, you know what then uh they might be a sucker for the bryce young interview bryce young's gonna have to do he's gonna have to do what D'Amico ryan said to the texans he's gonna have to go in there and he's gonna have to say this is where I want to be. And, we're like, and you got to get a look in your eyes. Coaches are suckers Do you for think that. Ballard is easily sold to? Kids, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Sean. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when it comes to the look in your eye. Yeah. Uh, nobody misjudges looks in eyes uh, more than football coaches. Yeah. They are a sucker for it or football yeah. GMs. I would be a good coach. If you can get a look in your eye yeah. and make it look like you do anything. Yeah. And you'll, you'll climb any mountain to get there. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, this kid's got something. Yeah. Because I've watched movies. Where you've got something I, right now, Seth they, Payne. They've all- <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be my quarterback? <laughs> did you like that? I do a pretty good job. I did. I did. You role played it well. I'm like, I'm hiring this guy. There's that. And there's the other thing, too, everybody. If you're running wind sprints and you're winning the wind sprints, make it look like it hurts a little bit. Yeah. Always grunt. Yeah. Always grunt. You never want to not be grunting. If you make it look too easy, the football coaches will feel like uh, you don't have the right stuff. Uh, I don't want some guy that just defeats everybody easily. You got to really grunt and want it a little bit. I think that last part, no freaking doubt, the guy. Yeah. I don't think he's trading up to get Bryce Young. No, and I, I um, don't. He has like, by definition, he is a not. He's he by definition, Bryce Young is not a no freaking doubt right. guy. Well, no, and honestly, I, I think in this next clip, he kind of. I don't know if he meant to do this as part of throwing out smoke, but I think in this next clip is where I felt like, um, yeah, you know what? They this guy feels like I do, which is it's it's a bit of a crapshoot amongst any of these guys. Go ahead, Ben. I think as we work through this, you know, each guy's got special qualities. Okay. And is there a separating factor that within their play that you think, okay, there's no doubt this guy fits what we want to do um, and he's worthy of moving up for? I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to say that there's that one that stood out. And we've done a lot of work, but I want to get our coach's take. We want to work through it. Okay. Now I was listening to one of his other ones where he basically almost just kind of casually alluded to the fact of, like, the guy they'll get, like they like saying that yeah they're going to draft a quarterback. Um, oh, okay, I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, see that. like and in, in without I don't think he would say it that way. Um, if he were if he knew that they were going to trade up to number one to get it, yeah, you know, like I, I think that. Um, and again, yes, that might be diabolical. A guy saying smoke. that at four. Yeah, is is probably a guy who might be more inclined to stay at four than we think he, he is. He said something where he wasn't being directly asked a question, but he kind of referenced the fact that they'll have a new quarterback. Yeah, um, which I mean, I guess that's the case regardless. Well, but Ursay basically said yeah, it verbatim yeah. like that. He literally said it at that. Press so conference. like, I don't think you do that, and uh, with the plan that you're going to pay any price it takes to get up. I think yeah. if if they really liked one guy. I think they'd be very, very careful about even hinting at liking a quarterback, sure. you know? Yep. Yep. See, but now I'm now I've been sucked in. I've been sucked into the smoke. 
Uh, <laughs> okay. He's convinced me yeah. that they're not actually all that interested. Get in but, the pool, Seth. Oh, but the I water's guess, fine. Geez, Chicago, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd give up a second rounder. Yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, any of these guys are great, but whatever. Well, the, yeah. mock, the mock that you and I went through uh, earlier this segment is, is a little ridiculous. Like, the, like two firsts, to, basically, to, fl- to go up three spots, giving up a second, a third, and then a first the next year and a second the following year is, yeah. is, is silly to me. It's a lot. It's silly. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Again, giving away rodeo tickets in the 9 o'clock hour. We're live at uh, spring training. Thank you, Shapa's John Deere, for sending us down here. We've had a, a great week. we got one more game today, and we got our show tomorrow, and then we are flying back tomorrow night. And uh, this was a, a very productive week. Uh, and hopefully it's been productive for you taking in all the content. Uh, follow us on all of our social media. We've been putting up all the, the media sessions in the clubhouse as soon as we're doing yes. them for these games. Yes. We um, listen, listen, everybody. We're going to give you your productivity grades to the listeners. Yes. So be sure you've damn produced this week. Please. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, Alex Bregman. We've not seen him yet, and that's the one thing that bums me out about our trip here. We will not get to see Alex Bregman because we'll be gone by the time he's playing. Not because he's banged up. It's just the way the kind of schedule played out. But Adam Spillane caught up with Alex Bregman one-on-one yesterday in the clubhouse and asked him about getting back to the All-Star game. We'll hear from the Astros' third baseman next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610.
We'll uh, we'll do a full recap of our trip tomorrow because we're not going to get to see tomorrow's game because we'll be flying home. But we'll we'll have seen four games since we got here. Two at the Astros home facility, and then two, we'll, we'll have gotten to see two road games as well. We were watching the Mets on Tuesday in Port St. Lucie. We're going to Jupiter today to to see the Astros play the. Cardinals. So we'll kind of recap things, things we liked from the trip. One thing that bums me out is we will not get to see Alex Bregman play baseball on this trip. Yeah. I enjoy watching him play the great game of baseball, our national pastime. Especially uh, the way he played last year. Sure. Yes. Particularly yes. after Far the All Star break. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After his kid was uh, um, delivered unto us. Indeed. <laughs> a child was born. <laughs> yes. um, here was Alex Bregman. He, had, he did a one on one with uh, Adam Spillane in the clubhouse yesterday. And played 155 games last year, which unto itself is an accomplishment considering how the previous two years had gone for him with all sorts of injuries, shortened COVID season. He was banged up as well. Um, how did it feel to play 155 games? That's what I expect to do every year, year in, year out. And I want to play and post and, and uh, do that. And um, felt like played a strong full season and into the postseason last year and through the postseason and winning a world championship so I um, feel like I played my best baseball down the stretch too um, and uh, look forward to continuing to do that for the, for the long run. Yeah, as you pointed out, Seth, he was he went on. Yeah. That was the most encouraging thing to me to see. Yeah, and I think too, you know, with Bregman – it's, he's, you know, Jonathan Joseph was kind of like this. There's always a perception that Jonathan Joseph missed a bunch of games with injuries when, in fact, he hadn't. But it, it seemed like he was always dealing with something. Mm-hmm. There, at least he had long stretches where he was dealing with something. Bregman's kind of that way, too. Because, yeah, he only played 91 games in 2021. But he had played 155 games or more for three straight years from 2017 through 2019. It's just that... As he like struggled either during COVID or in 2021, it always seemed like it was tied to either his hamstrings or to you know something something in particular. And I, I so I guess that's where um, I think that it, it's less of a concern to me than than maybe it is to others. I always feel like there's a sense that uh, like Bregman's always going to come up gimpy, and I think he's. I think he's figured out how to manage his own his own body. Over yeah, I, I think it is a case of that. I think yeah. you, I think he got the the hamstring stuff figured out, and I don't think you play 155 games out of nowhere. You know, having had those injuries, if yeah. you didn't figure something out along the way. Now this was a big one, and I, I I like the line of questioning on this with Spillane, and you can speak to this much better being a former athlete, Seth. But you're a former athlete who's had to rehab injuries leading into a season before. Yeah. Um, Bregman, I thought, laid this out really well, how important this was, that this was his first healthy offseason in a long, long time. I feel like I was able to have an offseason where I was healthy again for the first time, like fully. No no finger, no, like the finger healed right away. So, like, there was nothing, no hand surgery, no elbow surgery. Um, this was, like, a healthy offseason where I could finally, like, lock in, train, and and hopefully that, that will produce the, the best version of, of myself this year. Yeah, and you, you know the other thing that being here at spring training early in the process, it's it, I guess I, I give more of an appreciation for just how short the Astros offseason has been. You know, like the, to, yeah. to kind of to, to be sitting here for the first few games – 
and then think about how long it is if you go to the World Series yeah. and then have to turn right around. And especially, yeah, with the World Series for two straight years, especially like an extremely short um, offseason, that takes its toll. And um, I would implore everybody to remember that when the load management begins fast and furious. I've come early around. On. You know yeah. I've come around. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like you're I mean, talking to me. No, that is part of it, yeah. though. Like the load management is frustrating, but – they start early because that's – I mean, that was a huge difference last year was just actually having healthy guys in the playoffs. And and you're up against it compared to other teams because you've played that much more in the postseason. Can you – like, he, he went on to lay things out after that. We played that clip. One of the things he said shortly after that um, was talking about it's just so different when the months that you're spending to get ready for the season – you're just focused in on one part of your body getting it well yeah. as opposed to being able to spend time focusing on your craft. Yeah. You know, being able to get your timing down and being able to work on things in the batter's box and being able to make sure, you know, take ground balls and things like that. He's spent the better part of the last two or three off seasons before this one, before this off season we're in right now or coming off of right now to where he's he, he's just his primary thing has been just focusing on injuries. Yeah, yeah. And that ta- you know, that takes a toll on you mentally also just in terms of uh, like you've got that stress in the off season and you have to focus um to where you're not necessarily it's not as easy to stay fresh during the season because it's been one long stretch of like trying to overcome this challenge or that challenge yeah. so hopefully that part of it too is um uh you know Bregman's always been a guy that you feel like man he's so dialed in that it like it, he's gonna have to figure out a way to balance that out at some point a little bit, and like learn how to sometimes step away from things when he starts to get a little too obsessive. And he's talked about that a little bit. There actually was one of uh, one of his coaches talked about that um, in the off season. It, um, I think he's he's gotten to that point in life where I think he's he's figured out a way to balance everything. All right, one more from Adam Spillane to uh, Alex Bregman, Astros third baseman. Um, and I didn't realize this till Spo asked him the question, but I guess it makes sense since there was no All-Star game in 2020 and since uh, he was injured in 2021 and then didn't make the All-Star game last year. It's been 2019 since Alex Bregman's played in an All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, what would it mean for him to get back to the All-Star game this year? It would mean a lot to me, of course, um, to be in the game with some of the best players around the game. Um so a place where I believe that I'm um, a good enough baseball player to be doing um, year in and year out. He's got the respect of a lot of people, even though he hadn't made the All-Star game, Seth. I'm looking yeah. at the top 100 that you and I went through last week a couple times on MLB.com. He's rated the 24th best player in baseball on these rankings. Again, it's a subjective power ranking, but it's subjective power ranking by people who watch the game. basis. the only third baseman ahead of him in the American League, which is all that matters for the All-Star game. Rafael Devers is number 19 on this list. Very good player, but might maybe the Red Sox only good player, too, which hurts because <laughs> every team's got to have one. Uh, and then uh, in the top 10 is uh, Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Guardians is eighth. So he's still in that upper crust. He just hasn't hadn't I, worked out for an All-Star game. And, he, I think and in he, 2022, he didn't really hit his All-Star stride, as you pointed out, until yeah. after the All-Star I think break. if he makes the All-Star game this year, he should just, um, since he didn't make it in 2021, he should skip it. 
uh, the way everybody did in 2021. Yeah, to celebrate. When everybody, and then remember everybody criticized them for skipping it. When you know if they had showed up, uh, they would have been criticized they, for showing they up. They skipped yeah. it in a soft protest. Maybe not even well, soft. <laughs> they had reasons. Remember, um, uh, Correa's wife was like two months away from from having her child. Right, right, was, right. Michael Brantley some had of a hangnail. Yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the excuses got progressively It was the first funnier. All-Star game after the sign-stealing punishment yeah. had been handed and down. the Astros were like... Coincidentally. It, it would appear, you might you might guess that the Astros were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on my off week, go get booed lustily yeah. by a bunch of people who hate me. Now nah, I'm just going to go ahead and skip this. And then people were upset. Nobody... This is the thing. I say nobody... Uh, very few people. I didn't see anybody say, well, yeah, actually we want those guys to show up so we can boo them. They said things like, well, it's out of respect to the game. They should come to the game and like, get over it. You wanted to boo them. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't, was that the one that was in LA also? Was that all-star game in LA? I'm trying to remember. There's been uh, one. No, in, well, was that last year that was Dusty, in LA? Which one did Dusty manage? Uh, this past one, I think that was in L.A. Then, okay. I remember okay. them. Uh, I remember. Yeah, because he. I remember some the... people saying like, "Hey, let's not boo Dusty," you know, like that's right. Because uh... because it's the whoever managed in the World Series the year before. Yeah, yeah. Fringe so it was Dusty League. this so last year. It was last year. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which vulture fan base didn't get to boo the Astros in twenty twenty. Guess what? what? The Dodgers uh, booed their beloved uh, Dust, uh, Dusty. Bay. They did. Yeah, yeah. Did they boo him? At least a few did. Jerks. <laughs> All of them. All of them. No, That's the theme of today's show. And, well, you don't it's, know all, they, it's an all or nothing show. You don't show. know if they were Dodgers fans or not. The yeah, kid. I choose to believe they were. And by the, and what, no, but the funniest thing about that is that Dusty had zero to do with the being better than he was hired to yeah, rehabilitate <laughs> the organization. Um, so we won't get to see Braggy. Uh, we won't get to see Jordan. Um, and that's because he's still nursing his, uh, his hand soreness. Um, I'm anxious to hear what uh, I'm sure Spillane will ask Dana Brown as he's interviewing him right now as we speak uh, about Jordan Alvarez and this hand thing. Well, and uh, I don't you think he's going to say anything different than he already did? No, but I'm okay. guessing Spillane asks him about maybe some sort of Jordan question. Uh, you know, the biggest my biggest concern with Jordan is that it would be something that they realize midway through the season. Oh, yeah, this should've is got something we should have gotten to surgery. But it is it's true. It's not that simple to just get hand surgery and again with a with a compressed timeline too that's a hard thing about the Astros having making into the World Series every damn year is that you've only got a few months to really recover and you got to start weighing those those options not to mention the fact that surgery just sometimes doesn't actually improve your odds all that much yeah. I think it's, a, it's really I, I think sometimes people think like well why didn't you have surgery it's like well because the chance of surgery improving it isn't any better than the chance of therapy improving it. well that's what I said like when they were t- people were asking about surgery last week I'm like do we even know what the injury is like we know his yeah. hands are sore yeah like do we even know that surgery fixes right. whatever it is right. you know? I mean that's like notoriously with back injuries there are a lot of back injuries that the outcomes just aren't any better with surgery no, than with therapy worse. yeah so long term it's, it's not as simple always as yeah. just is just getting the surgery. All right. Um, combine going on up in Indianapolis. Uh, the workouts start today for uh, – who's working out today? I know it's linebackers, and I think defensive linemen are working out today up at the combine. Yeah, D linemen and linebackers are working out today. So there will be some names running around in shorts The Texan fans will be interested in. Quarterbacks work out on Saturday – the quarterbacks all do press conferences tomorrow morning. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, all back-to-back-to-back to back to back 
in the 7 o'clock hour, and then Will Levis at 9.30. So we're going to keep an eye on those press conferences tomorrow to see if there's anything worth bringing on to the show. Um, But I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the opportunity at quarterback for the Texans, and I think there's proof with one team in particular that already has their quarterback that sometimes not having a quarterback and finding hope for a young quarterback is way better than having found your quarterback. And we will tell you why and who that quarterback is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Uh, Ross Tucker is turning into such a troll on Twitter because I think that people that don't know Ross Tucker is going to 100% believe that Ross Tucker is serious when he tweets. What's he doing now? He tweets about Bryce Young's weigh-in. Uh, he says, if he weighs 201, he should be number one pick. 199 or less, I wouldn't even consider him until the third round. He loves the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> he can deal with the replies. That one's is, I think most people will get that, understand that that's a joke. Yeah. I think that one's not going to, there'll be at least four that don't, but, um, I do think most people get that. I think one. it's funny. Before the show today, I was listening to Mel Kuyper, the first draft podcast, and he was like, I'm thinking Bryce Young is going to come in around one. If he gets in at like 194, then I think that's going to satisfy teams. I'm like, all right, so if he's 193, all of a sudden teams are going to move him 20 spots down the board. It really is. It's It's so um, silly. It's one of those things, too, where it's like you – Nerd, stop overthinking it. You can drink drink 10 pounds of water like pretty easily over the course of a couple hours. And as long as it's it's the not peeing part that's difficult. But then, you know, you get bloated in the belly. Like, it's so... The only thing you can tell for sure, obviously... I mean, you could do... They do the bod pod. Yeah. They do, like, some body fat measurement and everything. But it's like, okay, if he looks fat in 205 then it's going to be an issue. Yeah. If he looks like shredded yeah. in 205 they'll say okay, if he put on some muscle. Uh I am excited about the possibility of drafting Bryce Young, yeah. drafting CJ Stroud, maybe even Anthony Richardson. That excites me way more than being in a market where they are married to a weird quarterback for five more years at a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. This at, uh, the article in The Athletic about Russell Wilson's first year in Denver Broncos is one of the most amazing things I've ever read. <laughs> I, I went through this. And you I de- narrowed it down. I identified seven weirdnesses. Okay, we're going to have to be- rapid fire these. Because some of these don't sound all that weird or yeah. you can make an excuse for it. Yeah. Um, the first weirdness. Okay. Wilson spoke with Peyton, the general manager, about the support staff he intended to employ 
um, that included Jake Heaps, his personal quarterbacks coach, yeah. um, as well as nutritionist and a physical therapist. Made his own of all three, three of those people. Three people. Yeah. And uh, he said team it was important Russ. to have them inside the facility, uh, which is an area reserved for team personnel. Peyton said, okay, cool, which is kind of weird. because it's And a- we should be clear, the GM's name is yeah. Peyton also. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, P-A-T. It's- I'm going to call him Patone. Okay. Because so, it's spelled P-A-T-O-N. Do that. For, so, for, for audio purposes, that helps. But but like the weird thing about that especially is having them in the building. Yeah. And like, like they're a part of the staff or something. That's where it, cause just imagine it's a team sport. Obviously the quarterback matters more. You'd like him to at least try to pretend to have the illusion that he's not super, super special. And yet if every, if every guy on the team had three support staff members on in the, in the building, you'd, you'd have 200 support Can staff members. Yeah. Um, Second weirdness. Yeah. The Broncos gave the office a team at the facility. That's not unheard of amongst Gave Wilson an office Wilson, team. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the weird thing was that it was on the second floor, like, up with the coaches. <laughs> yeah. Which is something that you always feel weird about Dude. when you go upstairs where the coaches are. I don't like, think Russ kinda, felt weird at all. I, I think no, he viewed no. himself as one of the coaches. I think he viewed himself as a coach. Yeah. Which, well, we'll get to more of the weirdness when we talk <laughs> about that. Um yeah, one of the weird things about that weirdness, the office, was that he told teammates he has an open-door policy. Yeah. Which is a really weird thing to say to your teammates. <laughs> I was like, you might have it's a... It's a weird thing to say as a quarterback. Like, like a- I would imagine if you have an office, the last thing you want as a, as a guy is like for your teammates to even call it the office. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like it's my room or whatever, because especially quarterbacks have a lot of like extra autographs to sign all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, third weirdness. Yeah. And this is the part where I think this, this spills over into Aaron Rodgers potentially Ooh. really like this might affect Aaron Rodgers trade okay. value. So Nathaniel Hackett, um, was quoted by, or Peter King quoted one source saying that, Nathaniel Hackett, the coach, and Russell Wilson are not coach player. They're partners. Oh, um, God. The reason that that relationship was described as such was that Hackett was with, with Green Bay when Matt LaFleur took over. And early in their partnership, multiple Packers players said LaFleur would sometimes present a new concept or play in an offensive meeting room only to have Rodgers shoot it down. So, like, Rodgers just sitting there saying, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. So Hackett's response is like, I don't want to be bullied by Russell Wilson. You're my friend, Russell. And uh, oh my God. so that was a weirdness brought on by Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, so, remember. So, so Hackett observed Rodgers and LaFleur yeah. butting heads yeah. in, in Green Bay. Yeah. And he said, well, that's not going to happen with me, so I'm going to make it clear we're partners. I'm just going to kowtow to Russell Wilson no matter oh what. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, you know, and eventually it had worked out, by the way, in Green Bay. Shocking this guy up. got fired after 15 games. Fourth weirdness. Yeah. This was. This is not even a weirdness. This is like he, Russell Wilson's lucky he didn't get. God, I'm so glad this is somebody else's drowned team. Drowned in the cold tub. By it feels somebody. so good. We're not the weirdest team anymore. So Wilson would ask the offense to meet yeah. with him at the team facility for quote state of the union meetings. Oh, okay. Something he also did in Seattle. Okay. Um, they would watch film on the next opponent. Yeah. Opponent kind of come to an agreement. Okay. And uh, what? To, okay, that's all. That's all good. That yeah. all makes like sense. right after games or yeah. after a practice or uh, something. No, Tuesdays the off day. <laughs> Yeah, they would do it on the off day. They'd everybody come in on the off day, which is like just shows you how stupid he is when it comes what, to interpersonal relationships. What percentage of pl- other players besides Russell Wilson? What percentage of players were like, "This is this sucks coming well, in on off day." It, uh, a lot of them, yeah, most likely. Because some um, of them were probably cool with no, it. No, guys, yeah, some of them are totally cool. Like guys are lots of guys go in on a Tuesday anyway 
But it's one of those things where, like, as a leader, you got to understand yeah, and realize, the room. like, rest days are there for a reason. Some yeah. people really need, need it. the rest. Other yeah. people have, like, some of them don't have, like, seven nannies like uh, like Russell probably does, <laughs> right, you know? Right. Uh, they got they want to spend some time with their family. Um, or they just need time to stay fresh. So um, the other thing that was weird about that meeting, though, this could have been an extra weirdness, but I didn't. there's only so much room for weirdness. His personal quarterbacks coach, Russell Wilson's per- personal quarterback, Jake Heaps, would be in those Tuesday meetings, like, giving out notes to everybody. Like, he was a member of the like staff. Undermining the quarterback, a coach, and the offensive coordinator. According to one coach, that the things that Heaps, Heaps' opinions weren't always consistent with the coach's opinions. Yeah. So, that, that was really weird. Dude. Yeah. Um, the fifth weirdness, this is Heaps, the, the whole Heaps thing altogether. Yeah. Um, oh, no, okay, I did add this as an extra weirdness. Okay. But let's talk about Heaps himself. Uh, like, he was... Uh, he was a, a quarterback at BYU, Kansas, and Miami. Yeah, I remember really him. stick. I remember uh, him. He's befriended Wilson in 2016 while in training camp with the Seahawks. He's younger than Russ. A year later, yeah. Wilson launched the Russell Wilson Quarterbacks Academy with Heap as direction, director of operations and head coach. Uh, he wasn't a distraction, I don't think, an offensive player set of Heap's. But it was weird that he was in the middle. Um, yeah. One rate. But well, that uh, Heaps had a radio job in Seattle. I remember that. But then when Russell Wilson came to Denver, Heaps came to Denver. Quit his radio job. So I'm sure his radio commentary was awesome. So when he, he was, was in Seattle. So he that. was a, ra- a radio host and had this academy going on at the same time. Apparently, and worked okay. for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he was super weird. The sixth. You and I need to start a quarterback academy. The sixth weirdness was this: the simple act of getting a play called. Hackett wanted to make it as easy as possible for Wilson. Okay. But several team sources said that Hackett typically relayed the play call to Wilson with 20 to 25 seconds remaining on the 40-second play clock, leaving more than enough time. Those sources said Wilson sometimes struggled to repeat the play calls efficiently or offered too much instruction to teammates in the huddle. Oh. Um, other sources put the issue on the coaches, saying the staff asked Wilson to over-communicate to uh, to make sure that everyone was aligned, I a couple guys defended Wilson on this, saying that he would give like these little pep talks or something. I gotta tell you honestly, I don't know how often like the pep talk is not used all that often. Like the in the huddle than, pep talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than like, hey, do this or whatever, you yeah. know, keep an eye on this or whatever. Yeah, I could totally see Russell Wilson thinking he had to oh, give an Oscar level worthy beating it talk. into the ground. The seventh weirdness was that seven weirdness. Wilson would add cadences in game that the offensive line hadn't practiced much during the <laughs> what week. What are you doing? <laughs> leading to communication issues. The Broncos had the second most false starts in the NFL. <laughs> how how hard were the opposing? Def- you're a former defensive lineman. Do you think they were just laughing at the Broncos the whole time? That's going I think there, there might have been some uh, false snap counts on the defensive line side or messing with them and everything. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. It's a it's a high pressure uh, situation with time constraints, and that's why guys have false starts at times because they're thinking about eighteen different things. Yeah, and then they lose track of the cadence, or they're uh, like all that stuff happens offensive linemen. And then if it's a brand new cadence, yeah, it's a big deal. Do you think Denver is Denver like all thirty two teams? They're at the combine this week. Yeah. They lost enough to where if they had just not traded their pick for Russell Wilson, they would have been picking fifth in the draft. Who knows? Maybe they would have been a better team without Russell Wilson last year. They were pretty I, bad with him. The thing that it makes me concerned is that I think Sean Payton is going to 
stamp out a lot of the weirdnesses. That, like that's what, that's what I them. wanted to ask you. Yeah. If you were a Denver fan, would you rather have Russell Wilson with Sean Payton or Sean Payton with the fifth overall pick in the draft? I'd rather have Sean Payton with the fifth overall pick in the draft. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some things that happened to Russell Wilson last year that just go above and beyond Incurable. any of this other stuff. It's yeah. just, he just didn't, he wasn't making easy reads in games. It was just weird. Um, that was the football weirdness. Yeah. These are the stuff. But I do think it'll get better at least with Sean Payton. Like, Sean, Sean Payton's not going to allow a lot of this nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. He already did stamp out, like, him having his personal support staff. Dude. Oh, God. It's so nice. It's so nice to look at other teams. Like I know the Texans are still picking second, and they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But it is really nice to both read stories like this and watch the combine where everybody's gushing about the Texans' hire at head coach. Yeah. Like It's a nice little victory lap to take. I know it doesn't count for any wins in the standings, but it's been a long three years. This is interesting. Jerry Judy had actually defended Russell Wilson a little bit, yeah. and I think he was trying to here. But listen, they, get, they asked Russell Wilson at the end of the season to get rid of the office. Um Judy said, I didn't feel any type of change other than that he'd been in the locker room a lot. He was in there a lot more now that he wasn't in the office. <laughs> what the hell? It's a quarterback. Because that's the other thing about the office. Like, a guy who has an office, like, that should be where he is because he is, he's in early. Yeah. He stays later than everybody yeah. else. It shouldn't be, like, his, uh, his refuge his away from, the, yeah, from, uh, from all the other flotsam and jetsam that he has to deal with. Oh, yeah. my God. That's great. All right. Um. We, uh, we head into the 9 o'clock hour. I've got a text from Adam Spillane here that uh, he just finished with uh, Dana Brown. So we'll talk to Adam Spillane in the next segment, find out what the Astros GM had to say to our guy Spo. Uh, we'll hear more from D'Amico Ryans in the 9 o'clock hour as well. We're giving away Cody Johnson tickets in the 9 o'clock hour as well for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And we've got a Facebook Live coming up tonight, 6 o'clock Houston time. You go to the Sports Radio 610 Facebook page, and uh, we will be chopping it up. Me, Seth, and Adam Spillane chopping it up, giving you kind of a, a preview of our recap for tomorrow uh, about our trip. We'll be recapping everything that we saw at spring training all week long. Uh, thanks to Shoppa's John Deere for bringing us down here to Florida for, um, for spring training. Uh, and Academy Sports and Outdoors as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 